seated. <clears throat> Today we'll pick up with our study of the book of Ephesians as we look again to chapter uh, 5 and looking today at verses 21 through the end of uh, verse 33. And if you think back to what Paul tells us in verse 21, he tells us that one of the marks of being filled with the Spirit is that we're mutually submissive to one another as believers. And then in the rest of chapter 5 and on into chapter 6, he, he applies that principle of mutual submission to a number of social relationships, the first of which is marriage. And about three weeks ago, we looked at marriage in general, and today we look at marriage specifically in terms of the role of the wife in marriage. Now, some of you saw that Renee left just a little while ago, and I just simply want to state that uh, she knew I was preaching on this, and she did not leave because I was preaching probably one of my favorite sermons of the year, Renee, be submissive to me. Uh, she left because she, you're supposed to, that's a joke. Uh, she left because of uh, children's church. So I just wanted to make that qualification. Renee and I are okay. Well, here's a question I have for you. Uh, should wives embrace the role with all vigor and joy of submitting uh, to their husbands? By nature, the answer to that question is absolutely not. And here is why. I appeal to Genesis chapter 3. You remember when God created Adam and Eve, he created them with perfect ability and liberty to obey God and to, or to disobey God. Eve disobeyed God by usurping Adam's authority and embracing the schemes of Satan and thereby sinning, enticing her husband to partake of that forbidden fruit and violate God's covenant with him. Adam chose to sin by abrogating his authority, by failing to rebuke his wife, and by actually violating God's covenant that had been made with him. And because of Adam's catastrophic failure, both suffered the consequences of now being sinners. Physical death came into the picture. Adam suffered because now his labor, which was originally created to be good and enjoyable, is now toilsome and frustrating. We read also that Eve suffered because now she would have pain in bearing children. And then, secondly, she would struggle with fulfilling her, her role, her God-given role in marriage in submitting to her husband, Adam. Listen to Genesis 3.16. To the woman he said... I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. What a mess the first married couple created for you and for me. Now marriages 
would be plagued with conflict, conflict between husband and wife, a struggle, even a battle over who would be in control, who would be in authority. By nature, absolutely not. By grace, absolutely and profoundly, yes. Not only yes in terms of a wife agreeing to be submissive to her husband, but yes in terms of a wife actually having joy and great fulfillment over this role that God has given. So today we'll consider the nature, the grounds, the extent, and the importance of this role of the wife in marriage as she not only agrees to submit, but has joy and fulfillment in doing so. Let me pray for us, and then we'll read this passage of Scripture. God, our Father, I know that there are some here today that aren't married. There are some here today that are yet to be married. There are some here today that have experienced the brokenness in marriage, and there's some here today that are married. And yet, Lord, this is your word. I believe you have something for each one of us as we consider this passage of Scripture today. And so, oh God, open our hearts. Minister through me to your people. Grant that we all are faithful and that we all commit to your word. Praying this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Ephesians, I'll read verse 18. And then verses 21 through 33, because this is what we're talking about with the role of the wife is very much linked to what Paul says in verse 21, being filled with the Spirit, demonstrated and being mutually submissive to one another. So verse 18, Ephesians 5, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Now verse 21, Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church's body and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. This is the word of the Lord. I would like to share with you part of a poem that I came across this week. Your brutal goal was to make me a slave. Beneath the ruse of being served by you, pardon me, friend, 
And for once, hear me through. I am outraged with anger and I rave. Now go in peace with this good word. What a depressing poem that is. Sounds like something that could be written by a modern-day feminist today, but it was written in 1555. It was written in light of the common thought that women were coerced in that culture in 1555, coerced into slavery. But I would suggest to you that this poem, this, this dysfunctional and unbiblical view is reflected in so many in our modern day that look at the biblical principle of a wife being in submission in, to her husband as anathema, as being coerced to be a slave. And the Word of God doesn't say that at all. And today we want to look at what God's Word says, however. Wives, verse 22, submit to your own husband. And the wife's role here in verse 22 in Ephesians 5 is echoed in passages like Colossians chapter 3, verse 18. That is the, the title verse of your order of worship. Titus chapter 2, verse 5. 1 Peter 3, 1. Just to give an example of other scriptures that call wives to submit to their own husbands. So we want to look first, what is the nature of of the wife's role. And the first thing I want to say about the nature of the role of the wife is it relates to the Greek word that is used, hypotasso, that's translated submit. It's translated submit here in our passage today in Ephesians 5 as well as in Colossians 3. And this word really refers to Submission being to place in order. That is, someone is in an order of submission with someone in another order or placement of authority. So think about a chain of command where there's one in authority and one in the position of submission. Employers are the authority over employees. The government is the authority over uh, citizens. Uh, the general is the authority over the soldier. The elder is, or the session is the authority over the church members. And God is the ultimate authority over us all. And so we see examples of submission all throughout the Bible and all throughout human history and all throughout our lives today in some way and in many ways we're all under submission so think of submission first and foremost as my place and then secondly think of submission as not being coerced like that poem but being something the wife decides for herself when she agrees to those marriage vows in Paul's day and throughout human history, the institution of slavery has been very much a part of human civilization. And it's a real black spot on humanity. And a slave unquestionably is to obey uh, the master. He is 
or she is coerced into this institution, forced to submit. But that is not the sense of what Paul is saying here in Ephesians chapter 5. It is not the case that a wife is coerced to submit to her husband. She voluntarily regulates her conduct to be under her, her husband's authority. Submission is her position, and she accepts it as her part in the authority structure that God has established that we'll look at further in just a moment. There's no coercion here with this role in marriage. And then thirdly, submission is the wife's spiritual duty. Paul says, wives, submit to your own husbands. And then in verse 22, at the very end, as to the Lord. In verse 24, Paul expands on this phrase, as to the Lord. When he encourages the wife to submit and he, he, he compares the wife's spiritual duty in submitting to her husband, compared that to the bride of Christ, the church's spiritual duty in submitting to Christ, the husband of the church. And so as a believer submits to Christ, a picture of that is the wife submitting to her husband. And so here's how we may take what Paul is saying here. Wives, submitting to your own husband is part of your spiritual duty, your obedience to Christ. And we know the, the, the motivation for submitting to Christ is out of love for Christ. So I have this question for you, wives. Are you excited and joyful and happy about your role? Or is it hard, even frustrating for you, maybe even maddening for you to be in this position of submission? I mean, the key to reflecting upon these two questions, and I'm going to ask every wife here today and those who aspire to be wives to think about, is this an occasion for joy or for sadness? And I think the key is what Paul says in verse 22, that wives, you are to submit as to the Lord. And here's the point I want to make, that if you're struggling today with your role as a wife, it could be that you're not seeing your role as a wife as your spiritual duty to submit to Christ out of love for him. It's interesting that in 1 Peter 5 and verses 1 through 5, the apostle Paul, the Peter relates this scenario. In the first century, it was very common for there to be mixed marriages. You had two, two uh, non-Christian you have two non-Christian husband and wife, and they get married, and the wife becomes a Christian, and the husband's a non-Christian. And the Apostle Paul shows that when a wife submits to Christ out of love for Christ, she is able to submit with joy even to an unbelieving husband in hopes that God might use her faithfulness as a wife as part of his means to draw that husband to saving faith. And so by grace and out of love for Christ, you, wife, can have joy and fulfillment and contentment in your place, your role as being in submission to your own husband. And if you're struggling today 
Look first to your own heart. It may be the primary problem. It's easy to blame someone else, but yet, oftentimes, the blame rests with us. Wife, today, if you're struggling, could it be that you lack love for Christ in your heart? That you lack submission to Christ out of love? Could that be the reason that you're struggling with submitting to your husband? I think this particular role in marriage, as the husband's role in marriage, is linked to Christ. Wives, seek Christ. And if you're struggling, seek him in repentance. And so the nature of your role as a wife is about submitting as to the Lord, to your husband. And now let's look at, at the grounds of, of submission. Many of you know Renee, my wife, and some of you don't. But one thing that I really appreciate about, well, I appreciate many things about Renee, but she is a very capable leader. You ought to see her with her kindergarten class leading away. Ray has told me that, that one of the reasons that she was drawn to me when we first met was that I did not let her run the show. And she said that other guys that, that she had dated basically were wimps. They just let her run the show. They let her take charge. And Renee said... I want someone who will lead me. Now, next week, we'll talk about the husband leading the wife. And what we'll learn next week is that the husband leading the wife is all about servant leadership. It is about the husband laying down his life for the sake of his wife, as Christ laid down his life for the sake of you and me in the church. And so we'll get to that next week. But the type of leader that Renee desired was that type of a spiritual leader. More on that next week. So I think the reason Renee and, and I would say this, this may be a bold statement. It certainly flies in the face of political correctness in our day. But I would go as far as to say Renee and every woman... wants a husband who will lead them as a servant leader. And why? It's because it's part of God's created order. God instituted an authority structure in Genesis chapter 2. He established Adam as the covenant head or federal head over all of creation and thereby establishing Adam as the head of that first marriage, that first family. And so the, the husband's authority then is rooted in the cultural mandate itself. It's rooted in the creative order that we find in Genesis chapter 2. And one expression of, of Adam's authority over Eve is the fact that God 
created Eve by taking from Adam that rib. And then he gave Adam the privilege of naming Eve, which is a Hebrew sign of one's authority over that which is named. And we also see this, the man's authority rooted in creation in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. That husband's headship is rooted in what God did in Genesis chapter 2 in establishing Adam as the covenant head, giving him headship over Eve. So let's understand Adam's headship of Eve practically. Adam was granted the role of being the regent, the king of creation, and Eve was his queen, his co-regent. Together, they were to go about fulfilling the cultural mandate. Together, side by side, arm in arm, doing what God had called them to do. They were to be complementary. And we looked at these, these principles three weeks ago in this general sermon on marriage. And it's reflected here in today's message. They were to be mutually submissive to one another. Adam was to defer to Eve, his wife. He was to include her in all the decisions. He was to encourage her. He was to love her. He was to support her. He was to consider her goals and aspirations and her desires. They were to work together as a team within this authority structure of Adam being the head and Eve being submissive to Adam's authority. And at the end of the day, now I know that there are some who might say, I make all the big men, husbands who might say, I make all the big decisions in my family. We just haven't ever had any. But at the end of the day, <laughs> Adam was the one who had the final word and was to decide the direction of the family and to make those big decisions. Why? Because Adam was under God's authority. Directly, God was Adam's head, even as Adam was Eve's head. That's the authority structure that God had established. Recently, Ray and I had to process through a fairly significant family decision. And we discussed all the particulars of this particular situation. We prayed together about it. I talked to someone about it, got, got some counsel. And then Ray and I came back together and discussed it further, prayed more about it. Now, the good news is that Ray and I were in agreement about what should happen. And that really made it so much better. But Renee trusted me. She submitted to me to give the final word on that particular issue. And even when husband and wife come together and they're not in agreement, as long as it does not violate God's law, the wife is to submit to the final decision of the husband. 
because the husband is ultimately responsible before God. There's one more principle here about the grounds of uh, marriage. Uh, Both male and female were spiritually equal before God. The passage that Josh read earlier in Genesis chapter 1, so God created man in his own image, male and female, he, he created them. And the fact that there is this authority structure that God has set up does not mean that there's a superior Adam and an inferior Eve. That is not the biblical understanding. The biblical understanding is mutual submission. The biblical understanding is spiritually equal before the Lord. The biblical understanding is that God has established an authority structure for the well-being of both and for his glory. And that husband and wife should operate within that. The nature of the wife's role is submission as to the Lord. The grounds for this role is God's authority structure in the family. And thirdly, let's look at the extent of submission. Hey, honey, I'm done with the taxes. I want you to sign right here under where I've signed. I have saved us so much money. We're going to be rich. I didn't report some of our income, but that's okay. The government will never know. Hey, honey, just sign right here and date. It's the wife's duty to her husband to be fully submissive to him in everything, as Paul says in verse 24. And the scenario that I've just relayed to you, I'm sure has never happened in this church by any married couple. But it is one that shows us that submission is not to be absolute. That there are situations where the wife, the citizen, maybe even the soldier, maybe even the church member should not submit to the authority because the authority is asking them to do something that violates God's law. And we must always refuse to submit if it means we'll disobey God. And if you remember in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, the Jewish ruling council was... They basically said to Peter and the other apostles, stop teaching in Jesus' name. And this is how Peter responded. We must obey God rather than men. And so the wife in my story should refuse to sign that tax document because it's cheating. It's stealing. It's against the law. And she should also speak truth to her husband But the extent of the wife's uh, submission is also regulated by something else we read in verses 22 and 24, where Paul restricts the wife's role to your own husband. And in verse 24, he encourages wives to submit to their husbands. And the the key reason for this is what we talked about from Genesis chapter 2, that when a man and woman come together in marriage... A new family is created with a new covenant head, the husband. And so God's design for marriage is for a man 
to leave his father and mother, his family of origin, and cleave or unite to his wife. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. So why is that important? Because the father of the husband is his own covenant head. And for that husband to stay under the father's covenant head with a wife brings about a conflict of covenant headship in the family where you have two covenant heads. And I know there are practical reasons why the newly married couple need to move in with mom and dad for a brief period of time to kind of work out some issues. I'm not talking about that, but to think that a husband, a married husband and wife can live under the headship of another husband and wife causes, I think, all kinds of problems in marriage. And one of the principles that we see is that when leaving and cleaving is not done properly, when the wife continues to defer to her father, my father did it this way, honey, and when the husband continues to defer to his mother, my mother makes made better potato salad than you, honey. It causes all kinds of conflict in the marriage. And those examples are humorous, but the result is not. God has established an authority structure. He has told husband and wife what the extent of submission is that they are to leave and cleave and establish this new family with a new head where the wife can submit to her husband even as the husband submits to Christ. And then lastly, I want to talk a little bit about the, the importance of submission. What is the wife's greatest need? I think the wife's greatest need is to be cherished by her husband. We'll look at this more fully next week. But what is the husband's greatest need? I think the husband's greatest need is to be <clears throat> respected by his wives. And I think that in verse 33, where the Apostle Paul says, let the wife see that she respects her husband, really speaks to the importance, ladies, wives, of your role. And next week we'll look at the importance of the man's role. They, there's interplay there. But God has designed marriage with both roles to meet the greatest need of each, the husband and the wife. Wives, as you show respect to your husband by submitting to him, to his leadership, you build him up, you encourage him, you minister to him, and you honor Christ. You reflect how the church is to submit to the head of the church, Jesus. And that's evangelistic. That's preaching through your faithfulness to your role in marriage. There is nothing more shocking than to hear a wife publicly disrespect her husband. When wives do that, it's literally like taking a knife and cutting right to the heart of the husband, and it's devastating. 
I care about what people think of me, no doubt about that. And much of it is just sin on my part. I overplay that. But the person, this is not necessary, this is not sin, but the person that I want to hear, Tim, you did a good job from more than anyone else is Renee. Why? Because that's the way God has created it. And there's nothing more amazing than for a wife to respect her husband. You know, a guy can have a horrible day at work, be cursed at, be told that he's good for nothing, feel like an ultimate and absolute failure, and he comes home and he opens the door downcast, ready to throw the towel in, and his wife comes to him like he's the, her champion, her hero, the greatest thing in the world. And I'm telling you, that guy's countenance changes. And because of the wife respecting him, he all of a sudden feels like he could conquer the world. Wives, I want to leave you with this. And you, you may not know this, you may know it. I want to remind you of it if you do. You have much power. You have much power to destroy your husband through disrespecting him, through being Eve. And you have much power to build him up. Your natural tendency is to not want to submit, but by grace and through faith in seeking the Holy Spirit who gives you the capacity to mutually submit, but even more to submit to your husband's authority. Wives, you have much power, and may you continually be filled with the Spirit that, your, that that power is to submit to your husband, to build him up, and to further your marriage. Let us pray. Father, we do ask you to give us grace. We ask you, O oh Lord, to bless all those who are married here today, for those who are planning to be married uh, for those, Lord, who are considering marriage, we pray, Father, especially for the role of the wife today, that you would grant them grace, that you would fill them with your spirit, Father, that they would see that their role is a spiritual role as to the Lord, Father, that they would see that as they go about fulfilling their role in the power of the Holy Spirit, they will build marriage for your glory and for their good and for the good of your church. And we pray and ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.